guys, welcome to the Paddler's Playbook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Podcast Land. Thermal convection, man. These dudes almost killed me. You know, redfish are really dumb. How do you take your marsh dump? This fool used all my toilet paper. Bro, Well, now that Drew's done dragging this on. TPP 15. You gonna get a dozen shrimp? Hey, you throwing that cast net again this weekend? Oh, good lord. I almost died. I do not want to paddle that far. Once again, he almost died. I'm not waking up at the butt crack dawn. I'll see you at the launch around noon. I love wake baits. Haven't you ever heard them chatter? Let me double back here first. And now, a word from Saltside Jet. Oh, yeah. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the paddle. Check out our Welcome, ladies and gentlemen of Podcast Land and Facebook Land today, because we're going live. I'm your host, Drew Turner. I'm here with my co-host, Chris Hello. Castro. I'm here with Chris Castro today. <laughs> Chris Lewis is on vacation this week, so I had to pull in the big guns for the co-host and bring in Mr. Next Level Fishing himself, Chris Castro. Chris, what's going on, man? Not much, man. Just here, living the dream, trying to at least, living the life, fishing. Have, and, you been, uh, have you been able to get much fishing in lately? Yeah, man, I've, done, I've been doing a lot. Um, probably a little bit more research and development kind of fishing, kind of low-key. Um, offshore, I've been doing that. I've taken at least a dozen trips this year. Um, so I've just been all over the place, but it's, you know... I'm not a gremlin, like, you can't put water on me and I can't split up and do multiple things, so it's only so many <laughs> so many areas I can be in at once, so it's it's been a little challenging this year to really do the whole all-water thing, but um, yeah, I've, I have been, to answer your question, it, it's it's been a good year. Yeah, and, and fishing all waters is, is kind of what we're going to talk about on this episode. We're going to talk about a little bit of the transition, you know, making the transition from freshwater or saltwater to freshwater a little bit some of the challenges some of the similarities because um, me and Castro both have been trying to make our way over to the freshwater side a little bit and we're gonna get into that but before we get into all of that you guys know we're gonna we're gonna BS a little bit uh, Matt Murphy says wow Castro's here he's my hero um, <laughs> what's up and- Matt and I, I'm not sure who it is, Facebook user, because your name's not popping up. But um, first comment to win, wins a free Turner Rodco rod, um, I win. No, not today. We are we are not giving away any Turner Rodco rods. And Mr. Fletch Griffin already says, ride or die for Chris Lewis. Chris Lewis will be back next episode, guys. I promise you. He's just, he's on vacation. Um... I talked to him today. He said he was went for a hike and he was actually cold. So I am sure he is excited about that uh, over in Ohio right now. But do you got any tournaments coming up? Anything you uh, anything you got going on? I know you were talking about a demo day. How was that? It was good. Um, I had a chance to uh, go out there and demo uh, the autopilot. Uh, 13 six uh it, it was it was cool man it was fun it was the first time that i had uh 
done a demo day for a company rather than a, a like a tackle shop you know what i mean mm-hmm. even though I, it was for uh fin factory all, all those guys were out there great guys and um got to meet some old friends and uh debuted the autopilot i was supposed to bring a couple boats but we ran into some difficulties there um but either way it was fun dude it was it was cool to uh pitch the uh autopilot but i, I it, it it sold itself man so real quick, I'll just explain how what was cool about this situation. I didn't think this was going to happen, but, you know, you're at a demo day. All your kayaks are sort of up on the banks, and uh, people come by and, and decide which one they want to pick. Uh, and then you got one that's just offset, like 20 yards off the shoreline, and everybody's just wondering how the heck that kayak is standing still, anchored up without any anchors, right? So everybody just gravitated towards it and wanted to take it for a test spin, and uh, I think we sold a few boats actually that day. Did you drive uh, it over over to him with the remote? I whistled. You know, you got to put on a show, man. <laughs> Look, I was making, uh, during the Mariner Sales demo day, I, I brought my uh, autopilot up there to demo too, and I was I was making like night Rider noises. I was like, doop, doop. <laughs> I'd make the noise, yeah. and then I'd pull it over there. Uh, but you're right. Those things really do sell themselves once someone gets in it. Now, some people who are new to the kayak game and don't really know about rudder steering and dropping a rudder and picking a rudder up like they can get a little bit confused whenever you're trying to explain to them all the you know different idiosyncrasies of the autopilot and yeah. I, I don't want to sit there and give them like a 15 minute you know safety meeting about about what to do on this boat but i also don't want them to like come in at 10 and you know run the motor up and um have the whole motor come flying or get stuck out there where they hit the anchor button and then they can't move we had one gentleman thought he was hitting the anchor button but he was hitting the north facing so he Mm. was just going straight into the bank and then he ended up getting stuck but it's uh it's always fun working those demo days and getting people out on the water who haven't experienced it a lot and it's especially fun when you can drive them around with a remote. Yeah, yeah. Taking taking kids out there, they just want to, oh, let me try. And you just put them in there and you just drive them around. Mm-hmm. It's fun, though. But that boat makes makes for a much more efficient day on the water when you have that autopilot. That is for dang sure. Yeah, it's fun. It's definitely That's a lot of fun. Sure. That's for sure. Well, speaking of Mariner sales, we are going to virtually kick it over to Jessica to tell us about what's going on with Mariner Sales. Hey, Brew Staff. The last days of summer are upon us, and a lot of us are doing the back-to-school shopping. So while you're scrolling for backpacks, number two pencils, and those ever-elusive highlighters, why don't you head on over to Mariner Sales and do a little back-to-school shopping for you? When was the last time you checked your dry bag? Are all your tie-downs in good shape? Maybe your rod holders aren't what they used to be? It's not always the big purchases, but all the little ones that set you up for success. So head on over to MarinerSales.com and get your back-to-school, back-to-fishing basics. And while we're talking about basics, any holes in your tackle box? Any baits you've been dying to try? Well, get out on that playground, Tiger, and make some new friends at purefishing.com. 
Maybe the, all of the cool kids are trying Berkeley Gulp minnows. Or maybe you're digging the artsy kids with their fancy chicken frittle sides. No matter what your group you're a part of, Pure Fishing and Berkeley have got what you need at purefishing.com. We all know it's about that first day outfit. Whether you're remembering yours or you're helping your kids pick out theirs this year, you know it's got a lot to do with how your first day goes. A real sportswear understands that first day and every day after. It's the importance of making a statement. So why don't you treat yourself to some first day statement pieces and some great impressions at realsportswear.com. Well, that's it for me, you crazy kids. I'm Saltside Jess, and I'll see you at the bus stop. And we're back, guys. That was a quick commercial break for those of you that are tuning in live. Um, we're back very quickly because we didn't have the commercials taped yet. But when you hear this, it's going to sound great. And Jessica's going to be talking about Mariner sales and real sportswear and everything behind some really cool music. Uh that uh samuel says that boat comes in handy for a lot of guides the uh 136 it also comes in handy for something we're going to talk about today me and castro both are you know we're kind of getting into the freshwater game a little bit um we've been fishing how long have you been fishing out of a kayak castro probably 12 years 10, 12 uh, no, years 15 10. years 10, 11, somewhere in there. 10, 11 years yeah. from a kayak. I have to kind of rewind time a little bit to think about that. One, but yeah, about 10 or 11. And it's almost been out of the Corpus area exclusive. I mean, you travel around, but your main main hub has always been the Corpus area? Yeah, yeah, pretty much just South Texas. Yeah, I mean, I've always lived in and around the Corpus area, currently in it right now. So yeah, as far as me getting up every morning and launching anywhere between Corpus... Rockport, South Padre. I've been a few times down there. Kind of keep it South Texas, uh, uh, just general, that whole entire area. Now we've been we've been talking a little bit back and forth through text messages, and I didn't even know this until you told me. But you're transitioning a little bit to the freshwater side. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm. So I've been just low key hitting a couple lakes here that are pretty close within an hour. And um, it's something I've always wanted to do. Actually, I was just talking a little bit about that to Kevin and I think even Matt Murphy this past week, um, just about just the consideration of it. I'm in a, I'm in a phase, though, right now. You know, I'm uh, I'm so <laughs> funny enough. Like, so the, the way that I got on to some of these bigger publications was through bass fishing. It was uh, uh, it was just a crazy trip that I went to Mexico on and they were interested in that story. Right. So that was sort of my introduction to getting on some of these publications, uh, in kayak fishing. And so fast forward today, now I'm reconsidering and actually trying to learn it. Um, I, I went over there more for the adventure aspect of it, but now, um, I'm really toying the idea of, of trying to compete, but you know, the thing about me, dude, is that when I get into something, I'm, I'm I'm full throttle on it. And so I mean, I need to figure out if my mindset's going to be right for it. Cause if I go, I'm going and I'm not doing anything outside of that, which means that I would pump the brakes on saltwater. I mean, I already have this year as far as competition goes, 
not nearly doing as many tournaments, not nearly doing as many. I'm, I'm just too scattered out. And then I've been sort of going in between uh, Choke and, and Mathis just by myself and picking up where I was in Mexico as far as like the climates and seeing what these fish are doing, remembering back then and seeing mm-hmm. if there's a pattern and things that I can sort of build off of that I did six, seven years ago. Just crazy. So what's making you, you know, want to make this type of transition or think about making this type of transition? Well, there's a couple reasons. I mean, so I, I just like to set goals, man. Um, with YouTube and stuff, you know, and me, me starting off there long before, you know, it got real crazy. I would always, uh, you know, I, I just wasn't going out there and fishing. I would, every year, man, there was a different goal, a different objective. And so three years ago, I gave myself uh, a goal, and I said, all right, here's what we're going to do, man. Next three years, we're going to do tournament fishing, and I'm going to film it, you know, I'm gonna, but I'm going to be kind of low-key about it, right? I'm going to be smart about it. I'm not going to be uh, going out there and blowing all the hard work that I've, I've worked towards and then finding out a bunch of people are chasing behind me. I actually wanted to kind of, like, tell that story of the culture of the tournament angler, but in order to do that, you can't fake it. You got to become a tournament angler, right? You got to do it. You got to become a tournament angler. And you got to you got to feel the pain of them. You know, you got to feel the efforts, the sweat. You know, everything that goes along with that. You you have to become it. There, you you cannot fake this stuff. So I did that, and those three years are up, and I had a great run. And and so I, I'm just, what do I want to do next? You know what I mean? Just to keep it. Not that I don't have fun, but to keep it interesting, to keep it fresh, and uh, to have just to chase something different. And, and that's where I'm at. Now, we can talk about money and purses and stuff like that. Uh, the culture is different. You know, those are like sort of sub subjects that I'm actually even intrigued in. Um, it would be nice to get a much better payday. Um, I, I think the bass world is a little bit more developed. Um, it's just been there for years. You know, obviously with boats, you got other legends on that side, like a Bill Dance. You know, I mean, these guys, they've built that up so well. Uh, and then now here we are with kayaks that it's st- still it's infant stages and uh, you're starting to get these superstars that are coming up, uh, these big fan bases that are growing. And um, it's intrigued me, you know, on top of all that. Well, and there's there's a lot more there's a lot more sponsorship going on in the bass world. There's a lot more networking that you can make. There's a lot more connections you can make within the industry. Plus. You can travel the country doing bass tournaments if you wanted to. Like, you can do a bass tournament in Tennessee one weekend, to Florida the next weekend, to Texas the next weekend, to Georgia the next weekend. You know, you could literally find a tournament every single weekend for the same species of fish across the United States. Where redfish... You know, we're kind of, it's, you know, Gulf Coast mainly. That's it. Florida to Texas. And even in Texas, you may not be able to find a tournament to fish if you're really competitive every weekend. Um, You have the trails that are around the Corpus area, and then you have the trails that are in the Houston area. And big shout out to GRS. GRS will happen next weekend. Guys, if you have not signed up for the last GRS stop, go ahead and do that. It is August 6th. I, I'm I'm excited about this one because 
it's it's the last one and we've been on some fish which means i probably jinxed myself um <laughs> we've been we've we've been on some fish but it, it's it's a tournament series that provided a tournament you know the first weekend of every month for the past five months so I, i'm glad that we have that type of saltwater following that we can do here in the houston area but chris you're talking about you know the new adventure and everything for you and it's kind of opposite of the reason i want to kind of make a transition you know part of the reason i want to make a transition is just the proximity like i live 0.4 miles from the local marina on lake conroe here in my subdivision i can get out on lake conroe with a you know a three minute drive to the marina or you know i can make it to any part of the lake in 30 minutes where it's an hour 45 minutes to two and a half hours to make it to the coast to do any kind of saltwater fishing heck i can make it to lake livingston in an hour and 15 minutes um there's various lakes around here that i can get and fish and it's just more of a time thing you know whenever i go to the coast it's a four-hour commitment just for driving um that's four hours out of my day that I don't get to spend with my family or I don't get to spend creating content or, you know, I don't get to spend just relaxing at my house. It's just driving on the road. So my big reason for wanting to transition is just it's so much easier for me to fish freshwater than it is saltwater. But with yeah. that said, it is very difficult for my mindset to go from stalking redfish to trying to chase after bass it's it's hard to make that mental transition in, in the sense of uh, oh so are you a little bit more comfortable and tuned in with redfish than you are bass absolutely okay. Abs absolutely i am because with the redfish i like fishing shorelines yeah i, I like fishing shorelines i'm not a big open water fisherman um, like fishing shorelines, like fishing guts, like standing up and stalking fish and sight casting. You can only fish those shorelines and stuff for so long in the bass world. Um, I know that there's some fish that stay shallow, but the majority of the people that I'm talking to say that you 100% have to have a good offshore game. You have to know your electronics you've got to be able to find fish in 15 to 30 foot of water um on some of these lakes during the summertime and i am just not comfortable doing that and that's been one of my struggles is now that it's summertime whoo it's 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 a struggle trying to find fish that aren't up shallow in grass um yeah whenever i'm going bass I, I have a little bit of a head start as far as that because um it's you, you trout fishing and bass fishing you pay the same amount of attention to with your electronics i've noticed and so a lot of these bass that i'm getting in like 10 feet 15 even up to three and five like it's been purely because of uh the structure sight casting or digital sight i don't know how you want to say that but mm -hmm. you know you see it you see a piece of structure on your um on your fish finder and then all of a sudden you you know you look to your left and you've got to sort of reimagine where exactly it's at right 
yeah. and do the cast, and it's um, it's fun. I've always enjoyed that part of trout fishing, and so it's carried over for me quite a bit in in the bass world. And so you're right, yeah. I mean, I guess you can compare it to offshore fishing too, but most guys don't know how to use their fish finders properly offshore. I mean, some of the guys do. A lot of the guys do that are, have been doing this for a while, but a lot of the you know guys that are coming in. Most of them are learning, and um, that's that's hard because you got to deal with. A lot. I don't know if you have to deal with. I've never done like a lake like 30, 40, 50 feet, and I don't know if people are actually catching fish like that in that depth. They are. Bass. They are. Yeah. So I mean, well, my biggest question there, since I haven't experienced it down in those depths, would be how much more play does current play versus offshore? You know, because that's that's a big thing dude that's you know true. i mean if you're if you're jacking with currents that are moving a couple miles per hour you know how are you getting those baits down in the bass world without like, a snapper rig or a carolina yeah, rig? i was gonna say they're they're throwing <laughs> carolina rigs with one ounce weights on there and big broomsticks you know getting it out of there i i haven't i haven't upgraded my electronics yet and i really need to um I waited this year because I was on the fence about, you know, getting the live target or the live scope and putting that on the kayak. I, I haven't decided if I'm going to do that. But yeah, I'm, electronics I'm, is a game changer, dude. I'm leaning that way. You have to, man. I mean, if not so much for the fish, it's just knowing where the structure's at and knowing that you're actually making a quality cast into something. Just that alone uh, will help you out a lot. And I used to punch that on... I do these trout series every year, and I always just punch the importance of electronics if you want to increase your um, uh, your, your catching, you know. And if you can't see the fish with side scan or whatever you're using, don't worry about it, man. Just eliminate structure that's holding and move on to the next. And that alone is just money, dude. You know, it's I know they got all the fancy. I know like Hummingbird just relieved that or released the live 3D scope. I don't know if you've seen that. It looks crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's that, that, that's, that's just, that's crazy. I mean, it, it's all going to help you kind of cover more ground quickly, not waste as much time, but, um, yeah, it, it, you can't, you need it these days, dude. hundred percent. I I don't know if I want to know that there are fish actively on the structure in front of me. I, I think it would drive me freaking nuts throwing at that structure over and over and over and over trying to get a bite knowing that there's fish there seeing the fish there and not being able to get them the bite i think that may drive me crazy i don't i don't know if i'd be able to move on to the next structure fast enough you know i'd probably be obsessed sitting there looking yeah it would it would definitely drive me freaking nuts um, so what kind of, you know, you just said trout fishing has kind of been something that has carried over for you. What other things do you think have carried over for you that you can see a big similarity between the bass fishing world and the saltwater fishing world, um, as, as you've kind of made the foray into it? Movement, you know, um, I think. Most anglers, when they walk into becoming a fisherman, they're usually sitters, you know, sit on an area and you're just waiting for fish to come by. 
Because um, you're usually but, fishing bait or something. You, I mean, you throw it right. out there and you wait. Right. And um, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, that that's there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But if I was to say one thing that's been carrying over, that's made a lot of sense is, um, well, it's a little bit of both. You know, I don't know. So I, I move around a lot. You know, anybody who fishes me, with me for the first time, that's one of the first things that they say is, dude, you you move around way too much, like, like more than what I, I would even imagine. And, and I'm always moving unless I'm trying to, unless I'm trying to be patient on some other patterns that I'm waiting for something to develop. There's a hundred different little scenarios that I, where I've waited on a, a particular point uh, to be patient on. But I would say uh, me just doing the pre-fishing and sticking and moving, trying to figure out what these fish are going to do. And then from there, where, where the trout thing comes into play and where it's, I think, transitioned is, you know, are these fish going to stay here? Are they going to move up when the sun's up high? Are they going to move into shade? Are they going to, you know, what are they doing? And or, or are they on the move, like just completely in general? Are they in between a transition? So all that has, it, it's a fusion of red fishing and trout fishing. And I'm trying to, it, it's all together in one species, which is bass. And I, I'm trying to make sense of it all. So I would say that for sure. Just their their transitions and the Yeah, moments. yeah. You know, what about what about tackle? Have you found yourself just completely changing out a thousand different types of tackle? Are you you know, is your bass tackle now overwhelming your fishing closet compared to your saltwater stuff? So not yet, but it's going to, I can already tell. Um and I say not yet because remember this is my first year really getting into it and i've started again going back to uh when i was in mexico and which was about this temperature and so right now i'm, I'm finding myself just <laughs> throwing a lot of sinkos <laughs> lizards and stuff like that but i'm waiting for a transition that's what i'm waiting for and, and when that happens then i'm gonna have to figure out how to get to them you know when i can't figure out how to get to them then things will start changing you know i know like um old Dustin Nichols, you know, he's always, always heard him about punching, you know, grass and stuff like that. I just, ha I haven't come into those scenarios yet. And, um, when, when I do, yeah, I can see my tackle just exploding hundred percent for certain situations. I, I think that's been the, the toughest thing for me. I know if I put this bait in front of a redfish, he's going to bite it. I know that I like the, you know, the El Chapo for redfish. I know that I like this weedless hook in some grass for redfish. There are so many different bass baits that I don't know which ones I'm looking at that I'm like, this will work. Like, ooh, this will be good in this situation. Ooh, this will be good in this situation. Whereas some of the saltwater stuff, I can look at it and I, I can say, this is a gimmicky POS. Like, yeah. I, do not, I do not need to, to buy this for any type of fishing I'm doing. But then when I look at bass baits, because this is, you know, a whole new world to me, I'm like, well, I, I think that'll work. They always say throw something different in front of them that they haven't seen a thousand times before. Um and I don't, I don't know what to pick. So I'm buying all kinds of stuff 
I'm buying creature baits. I'm buying lizards. I've got every freaking soft plastic that Berkeley makes in there in my black pack. Um, tons of hard baits and things like that. That has been the hardest thing, you know, for me so far is knowing what I need to have hooked up and what I need to take out there. Our boy Oscar says lures attract fishermen. That's for sure, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. Well, let me ask you a question. Have you done any tournaments yet in the bass world? I've done three. Okay, so what is – have you? how's the culture as far as picking at knowledge? So the very first one I did, um, I had a lot of people that were very helpful. You know, hey, throw this, get this, throw this. Um, they didn't tell you where to fish. They just said, "Hey, I would look for, you know, five to seven foot, five to seven foot of water, and find some structure in it." And this was during pre-spawn. Find some structure in it and just fish the heck out of it. And you know, I had three or four people tell me the same thing. And then I ended up getting twelfth out of ninety-seven, and then nobody helped me after that. <laughs> like I got, I got zero help when I got a top fifteen finish. I couldn't yeah. even get anyone to, like, give me anything at all. Um, so that was a little bit difficult. Now, what I have found, though, is you said you talked to Kevin. Um, fishing, I think, is just something that that is an instinct that's in you. Like, if it's in you, it's in you. Um, and if you get around other fishermen and you do it enough, you'll end up figuring it out. Like, I don't doubt that there's a lot of really good saltwater fishermen that could be really good freshwater fishermen and vice versa um, if they spend the actual time. But me and Kevin have got together a, a few times out there and did some fishing, and we're just trying to figure it out together. <laughs> and I think that's the yeah. best thing to do, you know, find some people that are not, like, on the same level as you are, um, find some people that are on the same level that will probably share a lot more with you. Whereas you start getting into the tournament world, some of those guys are on a completely different level and they are trying to win money and they're trying to gain sponsorships and they're, they're at a different spot in their kayak journey and they yeah. are not very open to helping. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like that everywhere, you know, I mean, it depends on the level. You know, and and the money and the you know, I mean, all this year, I don't think I've spent any more than a hundred dollars on any tournaments, mm -hmm. and my lack of motivation is to the point where it's, um, I'll share some intel with you, you know. But um, I start putting in five hundred, eight hundred dollars, I become a a closed-lipped angler. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I get in my hole and I actually start doing doing work. You know what I mean? But would you would you be closed lipped if someone was like, "Hey, man, can I'm going to this area? Um, what you know? How deep a water do I need to fish? What do I need to be looking for? You know, if I'm going to go to this area, and it may not even be an area that you're fishing. Like, would you give them some tips and tools on how to fish it? And this is like non-tournament. This is just general knowledge type stuff because i'm i'm finding mm. out that like just general knowledge type stuff people are very dismissive like they they're they're not t 
too much help. That and this is strictly guys that fish tournaments because most of the guys that I know are bass tournament fishermen because I know them through social media. I know them through the show and things like that. Like they keep they talking. Fish I'm gonna turn on this light. Yeah. So they know they know what's going on with all of that, and they're super nice guys, but they're just they're not too too helpful uh, when it comes to the freshwater side. Now I have had a few people that have said, you know, hey, take me out on some saltwater trips, help me out on some saltwater trips, and I will definitely help you out on some freshwater stuff. So I am definitely gonna, I'm gonna take guys up on that and take the freshwater guys that want to. Hey, I want to get on some redfish. Show me how to catch redfish, and I'll show you how to catch some bass. I'm gonna take some guys up on that opportunity. But the the other ones have been pretty tight lipped. Yeah, it's it's tough, dude. I mean, it depends on what you're doing. You know, there's a lot of different types of anglers out there. And you got to be able to identify them. I mean, me personally, like how you start, I, I, when I turn on the light, I didn't really catch the tail end of it. But one of the things you asked is if, if how, how I would translate it all, right? And, and it really just depends, dude. I mean, am I doing this for fun? Then I'm going to treat it like that. If I'm doing it because I'm, I want to beat you, well, then, you know, I, 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 I won't even say nothing. I, I, you know, don't even, I wouldn't even trust myself. I wouldn't even ask myself for advice. <laughs> But if, um, you know, it, I don't know. It, it's just, I get it, man. You know, competition shouldn't be like that. But, ah, dude, we're all American here, dude. You know, I think there's a certain point where you get to a certain phase. And if you get just good enough in what you're doing, you're going to get burned just enough. You're going to get scarred just enough. And you're going to react just enough. And that's something that doesn't really go said very much in the tournament scene, you know, you got one guy who's, who's okay with sharing this. And then you got this other guy who's got a thousand mile stare and you can't even look at him. You know, what has that guy gone through that he's like that? Has he always been like that? You know, I think there's a story there and, and you got to just kind of be a little sensitive on, or rather identifying who those people are and, and know who you can ask and who you can't ask. And, and, you know, little details can go a long way if the dude knows how to fish, like you were saying, you know, even if like, you don't need to say much dude Mm-mm. for somebody who knows how to find them and identify. I, I, there, I don't know. We could go on forever on this one, but you don't need much, you know, somebody who's still learning. Yeah. You can tell them a lot and then he'll, it'll just go over his head. But somebody who's well seasoned knows what, he, what he's doing, knows how to use electronics, understands patterns, phases you know all the phases of fishing and just you got to be careful what you tell those guys man because they'll 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 pick it up quick if if you're trying to beat that guy you know next year or or, i don't know it depends on how serious you want to take it but if it's me if if, you know if i'm going for a hundred thousand dollars bro i'm dude i'm 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 going dude you know what i mean like it depends on what the stakes are man if it's a hundred bucks two hundred bucks yeah, that's whatever. And at the end of the day, I'm not I'm not a guy who's going to give you a cold shoulder. I just I'm going to give you information on a timely manner, not not on someone where I feel like, well, that information could put you over the edge and you may figure something out that I just figured out last week. You know, so <laughs> I, I think about those things. You know, I, I've entered the eight hundred dollar tournaments, you know what I mean? So I, I know what that 
I don't know. I, I can compare the hundred fifty dollar to the eight hundred, almost a thousand dollar tournaments. Sorry, you guys are having to hear my dog right now. That dog is not happy. <laughs> um, I'm. I understand why people don't talk as much because you said there's the guy that has the thousand yard stare. He's probably been burnt pretty bad. He's probably taken somebody that he thought he knew and thought he trusted to a spot, and then that person brought someone else and brought someone else, and sooner or later, that launch spot is blown blown up. And the, the thing that's different, though, between saltwater and, and freshwater is... I truly think that fresh water really is a little bit more about spots. It's more about having, you know, certain structure that you know is going to hold fish all year round because, or, you know, at certain times of the year, um, because too, with fresh water, the fish aren't leaving (laughs) like the fish aren't leaving that lake whatever bot whatever lake you're fishing in the fish are in that lake and that could be one of the most frustrating things too is you know some days when you're you're saltwater fishing you're like man there are no fish in this area like in the whole area that you're fishing and that could entirely be true because the fish can just leave like they they can just go out of the back lakes they could just go out of that huge lake that you're in go into the intercoastal and they could just be gone like they they can be miles and miles and miles away in a completely different little ecosystem and leave whereas freshwater fishing like they're in the lake like that that nine or ten pounder is in that lake somewhere that you're fishing it's yeah. probably in the area that you're in because they're not traveling that far from everything I've been reading. Like they they go within you know three, four, five, six hundred yards, maybe a thousand yards of the same area for the whole year. They want to be closer to deep water, closer to shallow water, or in the spawn. Like they stay in those in those same areas. So that that's another thing for me that can be super duper frustrating about the freshwater game and about bass fishing is those fish ain't leaving those fish are there you just either aren't throwing the right baits at them or you're not very good at finding them because they're there yeah when the one thing i do notice especially on these top big national trails is like to your point, yeah, <clears throat> they're you know they aren't go- they aren't going anywhere, right? They're they're in a basically in a big aquarium tank. It's up to you to find them. But the guys who are always on top, I've noticed, are always on top, mm-hmm. and they're all buddies, you know. So that's where I'm like, I need to feel. I I'll, I will do the work to bass fish successfully, but I need to figure out how that culture works real quick and that's that's really so this year for me is just figuring out a couple of these areas closer to me and then next year i'll probably make an appearance on a few of them and see what's up but that i'm just curious about that you know i want to know how much they talk to each other 
I want to know uh, how a, much. I think it's a lot of closed door talking. I want, yeah, I want to know how many of the top guys are talking to each other. Top guys and gals on the bass side are talking to each other about where they're finding fish, how they're finding fish, or is it just you know, hey, let's let's everyone you know everyone by themselves out there but yeah. I, I i don't think it's like that like you know i don't think it's like I that think, crazy but i think it, there could be what i call uh parallel little, knowledge little clicks well like in offshore we we don't talk about where you're finding them we want to know what depth you're finding them mm-hmm. and that can translate to a different section you know what i mean so if uh john doe and and uh tupac are talking i don't know why i said tupac but <laughs> Biggie, but, Biggie you know, and Pac are out there in their PA. Big, yeah, there we go. Biggie and Pac are out there fishing, and 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 Biggie's over here saying, you know what, dude, I'm on, I don't know, twenty foot ledges. They're moving deep, and if Smalls is like, all right, I'm close, you know, different area, but same, maybe same play out. I, I can see that, but I don't think they're exactly stacking on each other. I've never seen any of these guys stack on each other. So I, I think there's just enough knowledge being shared, I, but nothing, you know, because it's you, you don't you don't just make an appearance, and you, you're not just consistent for no reason. You're a good fisherman, you know. Yeah, I mean you've you've got something, you've got something figured out. Heck, the only stuff I got figured out right now, I've learned from tactical bass, and that's about that's about it. I've I've watched enough tactical bass and episodes on facebook and i mean on youtube and it's the same things over and over and over and over and over um do you watch much uh bass youtube trying to learn more about it or how how are you going about learning more about bass the way i i did saltwater fishing man just going in there and putting the work like i have not watched a bass fishing youtube video since the since f- when fluke master first started wow uh, jen jean right jensen mm-hmm. and uh sorry and so yeah uh it's I've, it's been years man it's been years i i know enough to know what to look for and what to build on so i'm just a big believer in going out there and putting in the work dude you know i'm not trying to find any cheat codes in this game dude i, I want to go in there and put in the work because at the end of the day dude i think that's what's going to pay off it's I'm not going to get good by watching YouTube. I'm going to get good by putting in the work. So, um, no, I haven't, dude. Not at all. Zero. I had a, I had a lot of success pre-spawn. Like I understand what's going on with the fish pre-spawn. I understand how to read the maps for pre-spawn. I understand what areas of the lake I need to hit for pre-spawn. But a lot of that was from, you know, talking to people, watching videos about pre-spawn fishing, um, doing some map study. Yeah, you're a little ahead of me then. I haven't gotten to that yet. But before pre-spawn, like after pre-spawn, during the spawn, spawn is easy too. I mean, you're just, you're fishing shallow. Yeah. Pre-spawn spawn, I think translates a lot to redfish, a ton. You're in five foot or less of water. You're keying in on different points. You're keying in on different flats. 
you're keying in on a lot of different structure that you really don't need electronics to fish. It's it's a lot of sight. Like you can see the areas that you're trying to fish. You can feel the bottom. You can feel whenever you're hitting, you know, some timber or, you know, you're going over some grass. You can feel this type of stuff. My problem is after that, like when it started getting hot this summer, I had no clue what I was doing offshore because one, I didn't upgrade my electronics. And then two, I would get frustrated in the shallows throwing a frog because bass have seen so many people and so many boats. They're not like a redfish where you see a redfish 10, 15 yards in front of you. You get a lure in front of him he is going to demolish that lure. You can yeah, do bass this, get annoyed. You can do the same exact thing to a bass, and they're just like, okay, there's a Cinco. <laughs> okay, there's a lizard. Like, they've had so many baits put in front of them, they're not really in that predator mode, and that's where I was getting frustrated because I was seeing some monster bass in the area that I was fishing, and I was putting baits right in front of their face and they're just like bloop swim off to the right back into the grass like they were done if that would have been a redfish as soon as it hit the water they would have went freaking crazy so that was that that that's been hard for me but i really think it's just i need to learn electronics uh whenever it starts getting hot and be able to get that offshore freshwater bite using that electronics yeah it's interesting though that you said the whole pressure thing. I mean, I haven't experienced it yet, but I'm pretty sure I will. Maybe um, we just maybe it's like all the name brand stuff. You just got to throw that in the water and start going with the weird, wacky stuff. <laughs> Something they haven't seen before. <laughs> and man, I have no idea what to what to throw out there for them, other than you know what what I'm hearing from friends or seeing on videos and things like that. But it's it's so weird, like, throwing after bedding fish. You can throw yeah. a bluer on the bed 27 times, and they won't touch it. But then that 28th, you twitch it just right, and they hit it. Yeah. It's it's so frustrating, but it's also cool at the same time. Yeah. Um, man, it's... it's I'm frustrated thinking about summertime bass fishing right now. Like really? it is so freaking hot outside. I, I skunked the last tournament I did here on Lake Conroe. Did horrible. I skunked in pre-fishing the two days before. I skunked in the tournament. I did everything that I thought I was supposed to, and it just did not work at all. Then I talked to the guys that won it, and they're like, yeah, I caught two fish shallow really early, and then I went – you know, offshore, 20 foot of water, I found a good brush pile, and I threw a Ned rig over it all day long. And they pulled three or four fish off of that. So, man, I don't I don't know. I don't know. It's challenging, man. It's a different level, dude. It's um, entirely. It's just, it's just a different game. And like um, old Don here said, you know, what did he say here? He said that they're, they're just, uh, they know the lures better than we do. Since they see them all, bass, yep. bass is are smart. Bass are smart. So you know, um, are they smart? Like. Are they smarter? Are they just not that aggressive? 
I think I, I think know. they're just not that aggressive. They're like, eh. <laughs> I mean, I guess it depends on their the period. Like, you know, <laughs> somebody who knows what they're talking about probably couldn't sit here and, and they, they'd <laughs> probably be laughing at us because we don't have the answers to this. Yeah, I, I know. That's why, that's why I wanted to sure. do this. I wanted to do this with you. I didn't want to bring another bass guy so on. I'm, so I'm he pretty could be like, sure. Argh. But this is good, though. You know, this is this is food for thought on on coming from a couple guys that don't really know what the heck they're doing yet. You know, this is this could be somebody who's an elite. And kind of remembering, dang, I remember when I was at that point, you know, so it's okay to have these conversations. But to answer your question, I think I think it's going to depend my mindset right now and where I'm at. It, it's going to depend on where they're at in their phase of uh, their transitioning their, you know, the whole betting thing. I, I think they'll get a little bit more aggressive during certain parts of the year than they, they than they otherwise wouldn't on another time. So I don't know. It's it's what's fun is figuring that out. And I love that because. I feel like I know enough about not to say that I, I know everything about w- what I'm doing with with reds and trout because I don't. Everything changes. I mean, I know the basics, but even when you when you understand the basics of it and you're good enough to at least be pretty consistent on on tournament trails, environments change everything. You know, now it's a cat and mouse game, and that sucks. That's that's a grind. I, I don't like that. But it's fun whenever you can add an element of learning on top of that. Then it becomes like, man, well, yeah, we're chasing them around, but I also learn something, you know. Whereas for red fishing, it's like, well, I'm chasing around. I didn't learn anything. I just had to find them, figure out where, what where they wanted to be, and, hey, and you know. So I think that's more frustrating for me. Is like, it? If I go down to the salt now, like now that <clears> I've, you know, I've kind of honed in certain areas that i've been fishing and i've I've kind of you know ruled out a lot of different waters that i used to fish that aren't as productive um now i get i'm okay with not catching fish and just being like well they just weren't here (laughs) like i know i'm like they just weren't here they weren't feeding it wasn't wasn't my day where yeah. whenever I'm trying to learn something new now and I get skunked, it's demoralizing. I'm like, Jesus Christ, like I've been putting so much effort into learning these green fish and then I get skunked two days in a row. I feel I feel more like a failure whenever I really should be out there fishing more. It makes me want to fish for them less because I'm like, golly, I didn't I didn't do worth a damn this this last yeah, you got, two times yeah. out you gotta it's, get mad at those fish dude oh god i just i guess i just gotta get mad at some bass and that's yeah. the reason why i did three tournaments this year with this being like my first year to actually attempt to to catch bass like for <clears throat> yeah, real you're brave jumping in a tournament like that well I, I told myself you know if i'm doing if i'm doing a tournament i'm going to spend some time yeah pre-fishing i'm going to spend some time trying to figure it out Whereas the reason I haven't done it for the past 15 years is I just haven't put in the time and put in the work to get to a point where I felt comfortable out there. So let me I ask mean, you this on these bass tournaments that you've done this year, how are they, are they launching in an area or is it just like you launch wherever you want? It's been Roadrunner launch wherever you want. Okay. Everything's launched, launch where you want. Is that how it's done even on the national levels? Yeah. Yeah, okay. you can you can launch where you want. There's no uh <clears throat> there's not as many um 
shotgun starts where everybody launches at the same spot anymore. They're they're almost all Roadrunner now that Tourney X and Fishing Chaos and all that kind of stuff has the GPS coordinates that can say, hey, they uh, they submitted this fish nowhere close to the lake. Like it's been uh, it's been a lot better since then. I wonder if people get so crazy that they'll just go off trail into some unbeaten path and they'll just sit there and just camp. I'm sure. I'm sure. Guys camp out all the time. Like I've I've heard stories because people didn't want others to know where they're fishing or where their truck is or people know, you know, their truck. They'll park their truck at one launch, load up all their stuff into their buddy's truck and then ride with their buddy to another launch on the other side of the lake. Just oh, yeah, to make, we, we do that offshore. Just to make people think that they're they're fishing in one spot. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's a good it's a good trick right there. I just find a buddy with the trailer and go different spots. I mean, I wherever I'm fishing, you guys will know it cuz you'll see my truck. It's like I got the wrap on it and everything. You cannot miss the Turner Rodco mobile. If if you, <laughs> if you see my truck, I'm fishing that area. I don't yeah. have any. I don't have any friends in the bass fishing world really that'll really help me out whenever whenever it comes comes down to it. I couldn't even get no help on Lake Conroe, and I live here. I'm like, hey, I'll cook you dinner a couple times. Like, let's go pre-fish. I couldn't even get no help doing that, man. <laughs> I yeah, I, I guess I need to make some better friends. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's goods and bads about wrapping, you know trucks and, and stuff like that and you can you can be the uh everybody will spot you you know what i mean that's you know the good thing for the salt water though is my brother got a new truck so we can that's start take we can start taking his truck so you may know where we're fishing or you may not because the turner rodco mobile may not be making these next few tournaments man i've been i haven't really been even in shore that much this year i've been Jumping, going about an hour northwest of, of here a lot, and um, offshore. Anything that's right at the threes, five to six seconds, I'll be I'll be out there. So Ooh, the it's, threes. Uh, it's been it's been rough this year, but it's uh it's been fun. It's a very different year this year than than I've uh, witnessed at least in the past five years. Our buddy Max says one of the reasons he took the stickers off his truck is so people didn't know where he was fishing. Yeah, dude, I I don't, I don't put I don't wrap anything. I don't, don't wrap nothing on the no, back window. I can, no dude, nothing, but no. I I no, you know, I, I don't want to. No, you know, Batman is Batman for a reason, dude. Because <laughs> he works at dark, you know, and I think um, it can help you out. You're a sneaky, sneaky fella. You're a secret squirrel. He next level fishing is in the secret squirrel fishing society. <laughs> how many? How many people are in your secret squirrel circle at the out the at the round table at night? Honestly, I know I know one. Poco's one. Yeah, there's just two man that I really uh, associate with. Look, he won't even tell us who the other one is. I said Poco, and he's like, yep, and there's one more, but I'm not going to tell you because it is the Secret Squirrel Society, and you have not been initiated into the into the society. He's right here. You can't. can't <laughs> right there. That's number two. <laughs> Mr. Corpus Christi Hooks over there. Yeah, shout out to the Hooks, man. 
you got for all you baseball fans. Farm <laughs> League for the Strohs. I was um, there. I was there that the the their inaugural year in Corpus Christi. That was fun when it went there for the first season there. Oh, re- oh, okay. At for Whataburger Field. Yep. Yeah. I was down there at A and M Corpus Christi that year. I've seen a lot of stars come out of Corpus, dude. A There's lot, a lot, lot of stars, of man. That run through there. Yeah, a man. Lot I mean, of pretty much everybody from. For you baseball fans, not to get too far off track, but every, everybody from like Hunter Pence, Maltuve, all the way to now, pretty much like ninety percent of them have gone through there. Yeah. So, to to get back to fishing, we'll we'll probably end on this one. We're coming up on an hour. What what are your goals for the net? I mean, what are your goals with transitioning? Are you looking to do two national tournaments next year and? five the next year like do you have anything set in your mind on what you want to do um as far as getting out there and competing or is it just going to be learning for the next few years it's going to be learning but i I will dip into a tournament i'm going to activate myself probably next year but just on probably like some close you know regional areas um, my goal, this is my goal, right? And I, man, I, I haven't even talked about this first time I'm actually publicly talking about it, but so <clears throat> next year, th- all this year I'm, I'm shadowing, dude. Shadowing is, um, for me, I did this with, uh, red fishing also and, and trout fishing is, um, I'm, I'm trying to jump on some of these people that are, that are hosting tournaments and ninja fishing, I guess you could say. Uh, when they fish I'm trying to see where I'm at um, but on some of the, these smaller uh, trails that you know or tournaments some of them nobody really knows about some of them are just like little small mom and pop get togethers right but I'm trying to see where I'm at and at the same time I'm learning that's what's going on right now next year I will I would like to if I feel confident it depends on how I end this year with it if I feel confident enough I'm going to uh, at least do maybe one or two um, decent tournaments and just see where I'm at. I, I don't, I'm not even going to – I won't even say nothing. I'm just going to show up, you know, and just fish. I, I'm just – next two years is just grinding. But, yeah, you, you'll see me on a, in a few. And um, I got to get obsessed with it. That's the only way I'm going to get good with it. That's just the way I work, right? Some people are – I'm here to – you know, I, it's just fun for me. And it is fun for me getting obsessed with things that that's what's fun for me. Like I, I like to, you just give me something and I want to get good at it. And and I'm going to, if that means I got to bury myself in it, that's fun for me. And, and that's how I'm going to treat it in the next couple of years. So yeah, you can expect me to show face, I guess. Now, what do you mean ninja fishing? Are you, are you following them around in the background? Are you lurking? No, in the no, no, I'm compe- no, I'm, I'm unofficially competing with them without okay. them knowing. Yeah. So, so you're going to the same areas on the same weekend. Not following. No, no, not. No, not no, but but I mean, like you're going to the same lake that a tournament. Yeah, on, I'm the same weekend, numbers. and then you know, pulling out your catch board and you know yeah. measuring your stuff and then comparing it to the stats. Yeah, I'm, I'm comparing. I want to see where I'm at on the field because uh, I, I don't like, um, you know, if I'm going to take it serious, I wish. I, I have a hard time not taking it serious. That, that's where the whole obsession mentality is with me, dude. I just can't. Like, I can't just, yeah, hey, let's just go out and kick it. I want to be good at something. You know what I mean? That's just the way I, I am. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know how healthy and or unhealthy that is, but it's unhealthy because I'm because <laughs> I'm the same way. But it, it, it's it, um, it leads yeah, to frustration. I, <laughs> but but I do enjoy it, and um, uh, that that's what that's what I mean by it. you know I'm, I'm just going out there and, and seeing where I'm at on the field because I don't want to be. Uh, I don't want to be donating. You know what I mean? Like I'd, I'd like to get out there and cash a check every now and then. And I know I'm I'm going to be a rook there in the next few years, but still, I want a decent shot. I want an opportunity. I want to know that I I, I at least know what it takes. Uh, fun for me is what I'm doing right now. If I'm not going to take it serious, and that's just kind of comparing my numbers and seeing where I stand on the field compared to the rest of the field. So, I like fun fishing whenever I'm taking somebody new to an area or taking somebody new who hasn't been in the sport very long. Like that's when I can sit back and enjoy the day. Like I took a a good friend of mine who I've known and we fished since we were probably 15, 16. As soon as he got a driver's license, we would drive down and we would fish the intercoastal canal and stuff like that. He had never been on a kayak before until I took him out about two months ago. And that was my enjoyable fishing. I sat back. I probably casted maybe 50 times that day. You know, I mainly stayed with him. Hey, you know, throw over here. Ooh, did you see that wake over there? Let's go check that out or stuff like that. That's when it's enjoyable. It's, It's not as enjoyable when I'm just by myself out there trying to figure out how to catch fish in the freaking lake. Like I, I need somebody to, to, to help me out and get out there and say, Hey, whenever you see this, it means that like, I, I didn't know what was going on. I, I, I called a buddy one time. There was a bunch of birds working on, on the lake that I was at. I was like, Hey, do bass feed under the birds like uh redfish and trout do? Cause there are birds going crazy. He's like, no, nah, those are probably white bass. You don't even need to go over there. There won't be any bass near which I'm oh, glad wow. he hit, but I'm glad he helped me out. But I had no clue, man. I didn't yeah. know. I'm just thinking, oh, predators, predator yeah. fish are going to be under those birds because birds were going crazy. Interesting. But I, I guess I just I need to get in with a good group of guys that maybe don't fish a lot of tournaments and enjoy bass fishing, but know a lot <laughs> about bass fishing, and they may be able to help me out a little bit, point me in the right directions. Because I'm not asking for the playbook on exactly how to do everything. You know, I just want to feel more comfortable being able to locate fish. You know, either one or two things. Either being comfortable locating fish or being comfortable knowing what type of technique to target certain fish uh, in certain times of the year. Um, yeah. And I know that's pretty much all the fishing, but... <laughs> Just just feeling more comfortable with it. Like, oh, man, it's, you know, September, and the water temperature is this. I, I'm, I'm going to start here and then work my way there. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Network, like, you know, knowing that great. progression. Yeah, you got to. It's just that code of conduct, dude. It's just, you know, I, I, I talk to anglers um, that where we are not over here spilling the beans, but we share just enough info after things happen, you know, and just to kind of get a feel for things. But. I would never think about stepping in that direction. I'm just going to mm-hmm. see if I can play it out where, where I'm at, you know? So Figure I, it out. yeah, I think you're right. You're, you're definitely on the right path as far as finding a group of buddies where you can share enough info and uh, translate it into your own and, and into your own efforts, you know? Get out so. there and do it. 
Well, next year I want to do at least one of the big tournaments. Either one of the Bassmaster tournaments or one of the Hobie BOS tournaments. I want to do at least one of them next year. That's my goal, is, yeah. is to make it to one. Hopefully there'll be, you know, I'm guessing there'll be one in Texas, Lake Fork, uh, Palestine. I doubt they'll come to Conroe. They may. I mean, the Bassmaster was here in Conroe. Um, maybe somewhere like that. But I, I plan to do at least one of the big boy tournaments this year just to go and experience it to see what it's like yeah i'm with you on that man i'll, I'll do one I, I i don't i don't see how they people make the leap in full transition i mean is the money really that much more over there oh yeah i mean you're talking how much 10, money are these people making a year yeah i mean there's some that are fishing full time making sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year uh-huh. Just from just from tournament winnings, okay. That that that's not any kind of sponsorship or anything like that. Yeah. But some of the Hobie tournaments, you're winning a hundred thousand dollars throughout the year. Or no, there's there's some tournaments you're winning a hundred thousand dollars. <throat> I mean, you can win thirty grand, fifty grand. There's there's let 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 me look it up while we're talking. I'm gonna look up the Hobie BOS, and we'll look at the. We'll look at the events. They just had the event this weekend. So Toledo Bend, ten thousand. Sandy Cooper, ten thousand. Yeah. So ten grand for the uh, for the stops. But then I think that the last tournament of the year, the championship, is even more. Um. There's a lot of money coming in. That's a lot of traveling, though. It's a lot. <clears throat> It's a lot, but you can fish, you know, as many. I mean, I have, I got, I got, I mean, my parents are all in Houston, so stay between here and Houston is no, I mean, it's fine, but I don't know how far these guys stretch out their their trails, you know. I'd really have to sit down and pin them out. And then, how are these one days or two days? Uh, Some of them are two days, some of them are one. So the championship... This year is uh, Cato Lake, uh, Shreveport, Bozer, and that? that Louisiana. Uh, it's on the the border of Louisiana and Texas. And first place is forty five thousand dollars, but you have to qualify for that one. So the top three anglers <clears throat> from each open event qualify, and the top twenty two eligible anglers in the AOI points um, make it. And the 2021 Grand Champion. So you got how many 20- people usually register for these events? Uh, they usually cut it off at 200, and they have been wow. selling out events. Wow, and entry fees or what? What does that look like? 200, 250, somewhere around there. That's crazy. Yep. So there's there's definitely some big money. That's actually not bad. Mm-mm. But when you're pulling in and you're cutting off at 200, yeah, now you're talking serious, serious money. Oh yeah, <clears throat> but the thing, the thing about these though are, you're you're gonna be fishing around other people. You're, there, you know, you put 200 people even on a big lake. There's only so many boat ramps that you can launch from, uh, so many public areas. There's only so much structure. Like, you are fishing close to other people. I think mm. some of the rules 
are like, you are not permitted to fish within 10 yards of another person. Like, I 10 mean, do yards. people really stack that close, though? Like oh, 20 yeah. yards? Oh, yeah. They're coming right beside each other and fishing. What? Yeah. I, you, there's only so much water. I mean, you can only... You got 200 kayakers on a lake. <clears throat> They're not fishing in the middle of the lake. There's only so much shoreline for you to cover. Jesus. See, I'm scared the Robstown's going to come out of me, dude, and that's not going to look pretty, dude. I mean, <laughs> do people get cut off? Oh, yeah. Like, are there instances like that? Oh, that sucks. <clears throat> oh, there's – so I was – I, coming from the saltwater tournament world, I'm so used to keeping 100 yards from the next person. Like, I'm so used to that that's ingrained in my brain like even if it's a non-tournament day i'm staying 100 yards from the next guy unless i'm going through a cut or a pass to get to get yeah. by him you know what i mean that whenever people are coming by me fishing in my first bass tournament i was like holy cow dude like i can read the numbers on your boat i know what rods and reels you got in the back i can see your water bottle like, and they were just, it's just normal for them. It's just, they're like, hey, what's up? Hope you're having, hope you're having some luck. I'm going to go around to that pocket behind you. It's like, <laughs> oh, okay, I, I, have, have fun. It's like, I, I can't get mad at you. The rules are saying like 20 yards. Like most, most people say within casting distance, but you know, some people think they can cast 150 yards, but that's not the truth at all either. Um, but it was weird. It was, it was odd. That's, that's an odd thing about transitioning is that know, being okay. <clears throat> yeah. That being yeah. okay to be so close to people. Yeah. Like I worked the <clears throat> same shoreline up and down for like 50, 60 yards back and forth, back and forth, back and forth when I did really well at this tournament. And I actually had a guy who he got stuck at the launch blocked everybody from launching there there was like eight or nine people trying to launch and he was stuck so i pulled him out got him unstuck well luckily the like at first they weren't offering to help me unload my truck or anything after i'd spent time pulling like 15 20 minutes of my time that i could have been getting in the water and getting ready they didn't even ask me um if I needed any help or anything unloading my kayak until the very end and they helped me get the kayak out. But anyways, so I got to fishing and I was doing really well and they were like, well, how'd you do? And I was like, oh, I did well. Da, 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 da. And I told them and they were looking at the leader, but like, oh man, you did do well. They're like, oh, well, it's a good thing that you helped pull me out because I was going to fish that same area that you fished and I, I didn't fish it because you helped me pull out. Uh, you helped pull me out from getting stuck this morning. Mm, so I, said, oh, I was like, that's good. That's good karma. Well, <laughs> you know what sucks about that karma comment is the reason I pulled him out too is, I mean, I'm not a jerk, Yeah. but I was thinking this would be good karma. Like tournament day, he stuck yeah. at the ramp. I'm going to pull him out. I got a four wheel drive, you know, that's, that's good karma. <laughs> well, the first fish I catch is I'm not joking, Chris, like, Anything over 20 is a good fish. You know, 25 is a monster. 24, 23 is a monster. So this was a 22 and a half inch fish that I caught literally on my second cast. 
But this was in March, and there was a freeze. And it was so cold that I had frost on my catchboard, my metal catchboard. It had frost on it. First tournament, bass tournament I've ever fished. I didn't even think twice about it. Caught the fish, got him in the boat, reached back, got my catchboard, set the fish on the catchboard, you know, got my phone out to take a picture, and that fish went freaking nuts. Well, why did it go nuts? Because I put a fish from 58 degree water onto a 32 degree catchboard that was still half frozen. And the fish went absolutely oh, wow. bonkers. I, uh, it, it, the only thing that was left was some scales. I didn't have my net right. Like, apparently, you're supposed to put your net on the left side of the catchboard and tilt the catchboard down to the left. Keep your net over there that blocks the fish from going into the water if it flops off your board. I, I didn't know anything about that. <laughs> I just had my catchboard at the bottom of my kayak and. That bass went absolutely crazy, and I did not even get to weigh in that bass. Wow. Didn't get a picture of it or anything. And I was like, so much for karma. Like, (laughs) I I pull the damn guy out. You know, I'm out here a little bit late. Second cast, I catch a fish, and I don't even get to weigh it in. You know, screw screw you, fishing gods. I'll do this by myself. It's like Jabu in Major League. I'll do it on my own. Yeah. But... Well, oh, good, man. man. So, Hope you. When are you? So, when are you gonna? Next year, you're gonna be at least entering in, into one. In into national? one, one of the national, and then okay. I'll probably fish. I did a few of the North Kayak, um, North Kayak Bass Championships this year. I did North Texas. I did a few of those, and then the Southeast Texas Bass League. I did some of those, but the Southeast Texas Bass League is gonna split up into two different sections and they're going to, they're going to have more around the Houston area next year. Um, and I'll probably do a couple more of the North Texas cause I'm right there in Conroe yeah. where it's hour and 30 minutes to Palestine. So I can fish that one. It's not that far. It's, you know, two and a half hours to Dallas to any of those tournaments, three hours. I can get to Lake Whitney. Um, I could fish a whole lot of tournaments this year. I just didn't want to donate as much money. And then I got real, I've been engulfed in GRS this year, man, because it's one a month for the past five months. So, you know, we pre-fish one weekend um, and then tournament fish the other weekend. And then with three boys, you know, you, you need to spend at least two weekends with the family. So so that yeah. my weekends have been booked up. Yeah, it's busy, man. The GRS has been one a month? Yeah. How many? How many? tournaments are they going through this is event five um this week then one more tournament they're doing an hourly tournament in september okay so i think i'm going to enter the hourly tournament with chris uh lewis and we're going to fish that one from his skiff it's kind of hard to do an hourly tournament from a kayak yeah yeah it's a little difficult it's a lot more time to load up and unload this year i'm only gonna do i'm doing the uh professional redfish league championship That'll be my last inshore one. And then um, probably just going to do Ray Del Mar, and, and that's, that'll be about it. If I enter anything outside of that, it's because my friends are twisting my arm. But I'll be – uh, Are you signed up for the Elite Tournament? Um, yeah, so Poco and I uh, plan on 
on well, we will enter the elite. Somebody had asked that question. I don't forget who it was earlier on. Uh, to answer Swayworth. your question and his, yeah, um, yeah, we'll be uh, fishing that. We just haven't, uh, you know, officially signed up or anything like that. Uh, Poco's had a pretty busy year this year. He's got a lot of things going on, just from a personal standpoint, business things like that. Um, and then with me kind of transitioning and doing a few other th different things, uh, it was kind of a good time to just. We've been busy, dude. For the past five years, dude, we've been nonstop, you know, tournament fishing. So uh, we just kind of pumped the brakes a little bit, went throttled back about, I don't know, maybe like nine tournaments a year. So I'm only doing, I've this is only my like fifth one, I think. So this only, year. Only nine tournaments? Well, I usually would, my, my pace is like, uh, I usually do like, I don't know, 12 to 18 tournaments a year, you know? So I, I would, at the end of this year, I'd probably only do about nine. I, I would think, I don't know. I've got to count them all. I had a really good start this year. And then I kind of just um, got busy filming, started going offshore. Didn't really come back inshore. So uh, it's, uh, it's been a little bit of a stall at the mid year, but I'm going to try and finish strong this year. So got a couple really fun wins early in the year and then uh making some weird odd mistakes mid-year and uh now that we're ramping up towards the end i'm gonna drop the hammer a little bit we'll see if i can do good on the uh championship and uh, on the ray del mar so i'm thinking about coming down for the ray del mar this year ray's I'm, good I'm, dude i've I'm been really fortunate enough to I think i've cashed a check there like three or four years in a row so I'm gonna see if I can maintain that pace. <laughs> I probably won't, dude. I think, I think this year it's gonna, it, dude. It's, there's a lot of weird things going on with our waters this year. A lot of odd things that I don't, I don't know what's going on, man. Oh, you're not gonna have some conspiracy theories like Chris, are you? Like, you know, dude. I'm not saying that we got crop circles in the water, but I'm saying we got, we may have marsh circles going on. <laughs> nah, it's, nah. it's aliens. It's aliens. <laughs> Chris Chris Lewis really does he he thinks and I haven't spent that much time I'm sure he spent time doing it that the lunar calendar and the tides are just not jiving this year and there's something going on like there's something yeah. going on with the with the the tides aren't right like nothing's right so whenever Chris comes back and if he listens to this segment I I'll, I'll agree with him on for sure the tide aspect um We've adapted to it. I've adapted to it, but he thinks it's a week off. It's like different, if, dude. If I don't you know look what's a week on. in advance from right now, that will be the correct tide for now. <clears throat> oh, as far as that kind of accuracy, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I haven't experienced that. Ours is pretty accurate. That could be just a a weird app reading, no? Well, I don't know. It depends on where. I, I don't know. Yeah. So we have our our tides are different. I, I know it's gonna sound crazy, but like. Our ties are different from the closer you get to uh, the Gulf. These back areas that I'm I'm usually in, they're they're much different. But um, that being said, just in general, as far as tide and water levels, they are abnormally low and abnormally fluctuating. More so this year, I would say, in the, than in the last five years. I haven't even looked at the tides. Honestly. Oh, bro, it's been odd. I get I get to the launch and I go up. Oh, it's high tide. 
Oh, yeah. it's low tide. Oh, it's in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll, I'll say I one try thing. To buy fish. I've been out. I've been stopped by the game warden three times this year. And they've all asked me different crews one time in a completely different area. And they've kind of asked me if I've noticed any dead fish. And I'm like, no, no, but you're the second guy to ask me. Now you got me curious. Well, what, what's going on? You know, and they don't, they never answer, ask it or answer. They never give me an answer. So I don't know what's going on, but Aliens. this past tournament, I did see a couple of dead reds. Aliens. Really? Dead red? Big reds? Yeah, yeah. One of them was like 27, 28, dude. Really? Yeah, and the other one was maybe like 29, 30, and they were just I, floating up. I haven't I even said seen dead shad. Like, I haven't even seen a shad kill in any yeah. of the areas. No, me neither. Me neither. They're just focused on these bigger fish, and I don't know. I have, ne- I have no – it's so weird, dude. Now, the only thing I, I was actually talking to Poco about this um, this past weekend, I did notice that a lot of the trout – that I caught uh, this weekend, they looked a little whitish. Like, hmm. a little, yeah, I told him, I was like, dude, it almost reminded me of that freeze. Like, whenever we were out there and they were real mush and we decided not to trout fish after that, very, their color, their color was a very, very odd. So I don't know what's going on, but yeah, we've been having some issues over here in, in certain areas, not all areas. Have you areas. noticed any difference in the quality of the meat or anything? Uh, no, I just, uh, I mean, I woke up with a third eye the other day, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I haven't noticed any difference in that. No, nah, not at all. Nothing crazy. Yeah. I've only been redfish and flounder, and I've, I've noticed that the flounder, I've been catching bigger flounder this year than any other year. Um, the last few years, I've done really well in the summertime in flounder. I think I got those dialed down for the summertime. Um, but the redfish, I haven't noticed any, any huge differences. And, and like I said, I, I haven't even looked at the, see what the tides are supposed to be doing. The tides have been so weak on the tournament days. Um, I think that's just the way it fell for doing the first week of every month. Um, the way that the similar calendar is lining up with GRS, it's just, it's been a one tide day every single tournament almost yeah and they've been weaker tides so i haven't even been looking at it because it's either falling all day or rising all day and it's been like 0.7 feet is the most it's either risen or fallen for the for the past you know three or four tournaments so i haven't even been looking really no i'm gonna i'm gonna look it up right now actually though let's see Let's see what the tides will be this weekend and see if it's going to be another one of those days that it's that it's not a great... I mean, this is podcast gold, too. I know. And, we, and we haven't had any bull tides yet. Those big, no. big tides, we, I haven't, we haven't had any. Um, yeah. And that's what's been an issue for us. It's just been low, and, and it makes like 0. 0.3 adjustments. 0. 0.3 of a foot, that's been our fluctuation. Yep, so so I'm looking at it right now, and the um, this weekend it's going to be high tide at 2.42 a.m., low tide at 4.43 p.m., and it's going to be a 1.5 
uh, height at 242, and it is going to be a zero at 443. So, I mean, it's a falling tide all day, but it's only going to be falling, you know, about a foot. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And that that's whenever it's falling all day like that, it just, I mean, there's there's not a whole lot of movement. You got to you got to figure out other ways. Yeah. For sure. So, I guess that's just the way it's setting up now. If he would have did it the, the middle of the month, then we would have really got some tides, but I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just we're so ingrained in this tournament scene that that's all we it's all we look to think about. Could be. That's it. That's it. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you joining us. We've been on here what hour and twenty three minutes. I think it's about time we got off of here. You think? Is there anybody you want to thank or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Working with? Um, let's see. I'll shout out to uh, Paddling Magazine, Kayak Angler Magazine, Saltwater Angler Magazine. If uh, you guys like fishing reports, local stuff, I, I try to contribute as much to to uh, Saltwater Angler. Got a couple of articles coming out for Kayak Angler Magazine, and um, I have a little segment in Paddling Magazine. You guys can check that out. As far as um, companies, uh, NRS Fishing, Old Town, Bigsby, Tsunami Tackle, those guys take care of me offshore. Um, shout out to Shinnok, <laughs> <laughs> uh, new lifestyle brand that's out there. I'm actually wearing a shirt right now. Um, lifestyle Kayak brand. I should say. And uh, who else, man? I don't know. Uh, Burley Pro. Oh, uh, Burley Pro was here this weekend, man. I had a good, fun time with him, uh, Marty. Uh, Australia, his accent just calls attention, man. He, he's a funny dude. Uh, we got a chance, uh, me and Eric, uh, met up with Todd and a few of these guys. Uh, we got a you, chance to You weren't on the him. pig shoot, were you, where he was – Naked shooting. No, no, no. That was uh, that was uh, with Todd. I had I was out with him a different day. He actually came uh, by with me and Eric on Friday, and then uh, Thursday and Friday, I think. Yeah, two days, and uh, we hung out with him. A couple guys met him. They didn't even know he was Australian. They just knew the name Burley Pro. So uh, I brought a few um, fans of his to come meet him, and um, shout out to him, man. He's a good guy. Burley Pro, Rubblazer. Yak gear, all those guys have treated me well over the years. So, yeah, those are my shout outs. Shout outs next year, it's going to be like shout out to six cents, six (laughs) cents fishing. See, I can't even talk. You know, you're going to be shouting out all these, uh, all these bass guys, Dobbins rods, and everything else. Well, it's lined up. I got that free shopping spree this year from uh, what is it? What was the name of that company? I can't remember. Pradco. Shout out to those guys. They're gonna—they're actually lining me up for uh, some bass stuff next year. I, I went a little crazy on the top waters this year, but I'm gonna buy a lot of bass stuff next year. So you only have fifty-seven top waters. That's it. <laughs> I wasn't ready to buy fresh waters for this year. I, I've got enough to last me this year, but I was like, you know what? You got a limited saltwater selection. I'm gonna eat that up. Last me a few years. There so, you go. Yeah. Well, as always. Palace Playbook wants to thank Mariner Sales, Red Tail Republic, Real Sportswear, Turner Rod Co., The Fly Trap, Pin Abu Garcia. I can't wait to get my hands on some of these new Abu Garcia Xenons that are coming out. They're five ounces. I, 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 I can't wait. 
They wow. discontinued my my ALFs, which I really love those, but these Xenons are taking the place. And I'm trying not to spend any money because we're buying a house soon, and I already have way too much money in rods and reels in the in the garage. <laughs> way, way too much money. But anyways, we're going to get out of here. Thank you guys for listening. Chris, thank you for being the co-hostess with the mostest. Thanks, Chris, Thanks for inviting me. Chris Lewis will be back on the next episode here in two weeks. So if you guys were missing his voice, he will definitely be back. We'll see you guys later. Later. Peace.